this is this is going to be really interesting over the next few months at how we all approach um, our own work situation and how companies actually will understand that you know what we've been quite effective remotely so we could continue to do this on a maybe we go down to the eventually to the four-day week and everybody works from home on a friday now, we we know of a number of companies over here who just did not believe that their, their employees could work from home they've had to change that attitude over the last month oh six weeks and i think that will never change now i think people will continue to work remotely and understand that you know their lives can be far more balanced by having that uh, that that concept of, of working from home and not spending hours a day commuting either in a car or in on public transport connect influence optimize you're listening to the channel channel a podcast for executives and others involved in the authorized sale of electronic components brought to you by the ECIA the electronic component industry association working to promote and improve the authorized distribution channel welcome to the channel channel this is don alario vice president of industry practices for ecia and your host for this session of the channel channel a podcast sponsored by the electronics components industry association covering topics that are important for our participants and the electronic supply chain. Today, I'm joined by Penny Hayes, Chief Commercial Officer for the TrustBridge. And she is joining us from the UK. Hello, Penny. Hi, Don. Thank you for inviting me today. Oh, it's great to have you. We're excited to uh, talk to you today about some of the things going on with the TrustBridge. But before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about you, your background, and your organization, the TrustBridge. Yeah, sure. Uh, my background is very much in marketing and sales. Um, I've done a lot of work in the fast-moving consumer goods industry, selling pretty much anything from lipsticks to toys to pots and pans. But I then got into the consumer electronics industry uh, around about the mid-90s with an organization called Gemstar, which was selling um, a licensing a technology actually to uh, video recorders. Do you remember those video recorders, yeah, and, uh, television companies to help uh, people program their video recorders so that they could automatically record shows. This is you know way before the days that we've got now of, of box sets and that sort of thing. So that was my foray into consumer electronics, which led me into things like the internet, which was in its very, very early days then. And I started advising senior executives on how to use intranets, the internet, which led on to the internet of things and big data. And in talking to senior execs about what the consequences and, and, and the reasons they should be looking at things like big data and internet of things, we started to get involved, I started to get involved in the regulations surrounding data privacy and data protection. And that's when I started the TrustBridge, having met two extremely useful uh, colleagues who are now my very close colleagues and shareholders in the business. Uh, David Clark, who was the global chief security officer for British Telecom and at one time Thomson Reuters. And Carol Tullow, who at the time was the information policy director for the UK government. And she was also the head of the National Archives as well. So it's a very, very useful contact to make. And the three of us have worked together on the TrustBridge now for about three years. 
we brought in our colleague Alan um, who works in the US and he's our contact with with you guys in, into the US and we have a network of about nine other consultants who work together with us so where we focus is on a number of areas but specifically things like GDPR CCPA other global data protection and data privacy regulations but we focus very much on the implementation of those within organizations helping organizations figure out how their processes and their systems and their people can actually make sure that their data is protected within the law so that's where we've been focusing now for the last three to four years uh, with the business and we've been doing a lot of work with you guys on all of this as well well sounds great sounds exciting actually so before we get into the questions i want to do, do something a little bit fun here. So, so we've all been stuck at home. We've all been paying attention to the lockdowns and all the things we got to do. So what have you been binging on during the lockdown or stay at home? Okay, well, you know, classic box set binging um, on the TV. And our favorite one at home has been Bosch, the Amazon, I think it's Amazon ah. Prime series, uh, based on the novels from Michael Connolly. Fantastic series. And of course, has the most wonderful lead actor with the best name ever, Titus Welliver. I mean, you've got to watch a show that's got a guy called Titus Welliver in it, haven't you? <laughs> of course. So that's one of the things we've been binging on. But um, I also have a, uh, a, a small share and, and I'm a director of an online wine company here in the UK. And we've been doing some virtual wine tastings pretty much every week. And they've been such good fun. So you could say I've been binge wine tasting <laughs> well i can tell you that uh my wife and i have been also binge wine tasting but uh, not on virtual sites but we've definitely had to keep our orders up online so yeah definitely that's what we well, that's do. great thanks a lot that sounds really fun it's fun so let's uh let's get into some of the uh questions and information here so sure. you recently conducted a series of webinars in april mm -hmm. covering how to work remotely yeah. um, and you covered topics like work safe and care for your cyber hygiene and internal communications, keeping in touch with your teams, checking your data, data assets, looking professional on screen, supply chain assurance and operational resilience. Uh, these covered a lot of ground. In summary, what were the most important takeaways for companies? Okay, we started this concept because we felt that companies had really had to swivel so quickly from having, you know, offices with people in the offices or working on potentially or working on organization owned devices to all suddenly working from home with dodgy Wi-Fi connections on their own computers, on their own um, mobile devices. And we really were concerned about the security of data that was suddenly out of control. It was everywhere. So one of the key things we were looking at is how you protect your data and you actually figure out where it is. An awful lot of organizations uploaded a lot to the cloud very, very quickly. Uh, but where is that data now? and Who's got access to it? So we focused on things like um, taking care of your own devices with and your own um, documents with things like secure passwords, um, multi-factor authentication, potentially having a guest Wi-Fi in your own home so that your Wi-Fi and your children's Wi-Fi or, or your partner's Wi-Fi wasn't uh, affected and they couldn't get access to stuff perhaps that you were looking at. 
I mean, one area, funnily enough, that only came up this week was um, we were talking to somebody about uh, those, those devices such as Alexa and Google Home that are listening all the time. And of course, we don't have those necessarily in the office, but we have them at home. And these things can potentially be a gateway for data and information to leak out. So it was really looking very much at how you protect your own environment now that you are at home and the data that you are using um, that belongs to the company. And I think that's um, one area where obviously we've worked before, before pan the pandemic was really making sure that companies know where their data is and who is accessing it. So throughout this whole period, it's really making sure that you continue with those very strict policies and those very strict systems that you may have put in place and extending those out to the home environment, to the remote worker. Those are the key areas. The th actually, one other while I'm, while I'm talking about that is that you know, potentially there is the threat for much greater data breaches and cybersecurity incidents now. So it's making sure that you have a, an incident response policy in place so that your staff know if they, if they suspect that there's been a problem, that they can actually figure out what to do about it and who to contact within the organization to shut that down and, and respond very quickly. So that's quite a long answer to your question, but those were the, the, the key areas that we focused on. No, that was a very thorough answer. And, and those are very important areas that we all need to be concerned with. And matter of fact, I, I know we ran those webinars with you uh, through ECIA for our members and uh, for anybody th that would like to access them, we have them on the website. So I think they were great. Thank you very much. So Penny, I, I know also that the TrustBridge uh, just had another webinar on May 8th related to post-pandemic preparation. So what should our member companies be focused on and what are the top three things that they should be doing? We actually split the, the we have split the, the subject into three areas so far because there's clearly post-pandemic preparation for data, data security, getting your data back under control. Um, but we're also looking at two other areas. One is the employment side. What is going to happen when people are no longer furloughed and the furlough concept comes to an end? Companies can't necessarily afford to, to bring people back into the workplace on a permanent basis. How is the employment um, landscape going to change? Are we going to outsource more? So we're looking at that whole area and we're also looking at the, um, the COVID-19 uh, um, mobile apps, the, the tracking people that are floating around at the moment and in development and the privacy concerns that we have around that information. So we've got those two additional webinars. Um, post on the, specifically on the post-pandemic preparation, it's really, again, making sure that your policies are up to scratch, that they are looking at the regulations, they're updated on a regular basis, and that all your staff know what those policies are. We cannot emphasize enough that training is really important to make sure they understand what the regulations are and how on a day-to-day -day basis their own jobs uh, can affect how the data is protected and how the data is transferred from one place to another. Um, so reviewing policies is an extremely important area. We also think that people need to, to look at where their data has gone, bring it back under control with, within the organization, but also try and look at who's accessed that information and ensure that it's people only who, who are authorized to do so have been looking at that information. And that goes out to the third party network as well. 
the third, quite often a lot of the cyber threats and the, and the data breaches have happened in the third party supply chain. So getting your contracts back in place with your third parties to ensure that you're covered and that they are taking care of your data that you pass on to them as securely as you are yourselves. So it's really making sure that all of your policies that you had, you should have had in place before the pandemic are up to scratch and your processes are really in place to ensure that you on an ongoing basis can make, make sure that that data is protected. Yeah, again, really important guidance. Um, and, and we will also have a connection on through the UCI website for this webinar as well. So th thanks again, Penny. So the other thing I just recently read was uh, you're about to launch a freelance consultancy portal. Uh, that's a tongue twister. I want to say that one nice and slow there. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about it and how something like this could benefit ECIA member companies? Yeah, uh, it's an interesting one, this. We, um, we set up a peer-to-peer -peer community about three or four months ago. Um, we, are, we understood when we were working with data protection officers and heads of compliance in organizations that they were quite lonely people quite often because they're the, they're the job prevention people in many cases because they've got all these rules and regulations they have to take care of. So we set up a peer-to-peer -peer community and through that we have now looked at how we offer some of our members um, freelance positions, interim positions. What's so amazing to us is that with the whole employment issues around the pandemic and the remote working concepts that companies have now had to embrace we're wondering whether or not in fact people are actually going to take on permanent staff in future and will they actually outsource many of the functions so it could well be that specifically in the data protection area there may be one question that takes 15 minutes of a subject expert's time so you don't need a full-time person you could just go through the, the portal and spend I don't know, 50 bucks on a, on a 15 minute conversation with a, an, an interim freelancer. So that, the, that portal we are actually working for, for our, working on for our own network. But we actually are really interested to see how employment and how um, companies will go, go forward with permanent staff in future. And it could well be that these types of consultancy, freelance consultancy portals will spring up for lots of different industries. It could be that the consumer electronics industry is one area where that may well be of interest. Um, it could be that you need a marketing person or you need a, a channel strategy person or you need an intellectual property advice. And you will find that, that advice from subject matter experts in the freelance portal rather than having to hire somebody on an ongoing basis. It's, just this, it's an experiment that we're working on really to, in this new environment for, for employment. So we'll keep you, we'll keep you posted. Yeah, no, we look forward to working with you on that. And it makes total sense. I mean, you can really see the value in that. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so we, yeah, we'd love to stay in touch with you on that and see how that goes in the future. So brings us to the final question. Mm -hmm. So the buzz phrase being used around the world is what we all are looking for, the new normal. And I know there's people that are already tired of hearing that, that phrase already, yeah. but, uh, you know, what's going to be the new normal in the second half of 2020 and going into 2021? I mean, can you share maybe two or three things that, that you think will change how we do business? And I know, actually, you just mentioned one with the, with the conversation we just had on the consultancy. So. Yeah, yeah. And I think we also think that outsourcing will become a much bigger uh, area. Um, 
managed services things, and we ourselves have a managed service offering for privacy software there's so much privacy software out there that people find it very difficult to figure out which one they should choose so going to a one-stop shop that will do it for you again reduces the cost of, of employment reduces the the need to have an, a, a huge number of staff on the payroll and i think that's something that we think certainly over here in the uk is going to happen people don't need to commute anymore do we all really want to get on a stuffy train to go in for two hours one, one hour one way one hour back to to hot offices so we believe that the travel will reduce the amount of commuting will reduce potentially uh, fixed workplaces may well reduce we might not see the huge office blocks that we've got certainly in the center of london you have in the center of washington dc or new york will those stop being used this is this is going to be really interesting over the next few months at how we all approach um, our own work situation and how companies actually will understand that you know what we've been quite effective remotely so we could continue to do this on a maybe we go down to the eventually to the four-day week and everybody works from home on a friday now, we we know of a number of companies over here who just did not believe that their, their employees could work from home they've had to change that attitude over the last month or oh, six weeks and i think that will never change now i think people will continue to work remotely and understand that you know their lives can be far more balanced by having that uh, that that concept of, of working from home and not spending hours a day commuting either in a car or in on public transport but what is really interesting I was a conversation i was having with somebody yesterday is you have to have boundaries because you know it's very easy for us oh i'll just pop into my home office on the way to bed just to see if there's any any emails we have to find those boundaries and that's something that we're all going to have to work on i think going forward so that's our view i think as, as a company is that um generally more outsourcing um, more using experts but on a um on a part-time basis that's how the way things will start to work in future isn't it funny I, I couldn't agree with you more and isn't it funny as a society sometimes we need that little push you know, that push to go over because we've been talking about working remotely and we've been doing it and people have been sticking their toes in the water for years and years on this yeah. and now all of a sudden everybody's been just kind of catapulted Yes. over into this huge new yeah. way of doing business. And uh, I, I agree. I think a lot of things are going to stick. It's going to be a very interesting time over the next few months. It's interesting so. for your industry that it's uh, some organizations have actually been forced into the whole digital transformation era. Um, and I think that was, you know, some of them have gone kicking and screaming, but this has really accelerated the whole process, which is yeah. good for your industry. <laughs> nope, absolutely. Well, it kind of brings us towards the end here. And uh, well, before I uh, say goodbye and we sign off here, is there anything else you'd like to add here at the end that you can think of that maybe we didn't cover today or something you'd want to just kind of add here at the end? Uh, just one line that somebody said to me yesterday, and it goes back to um, understanding the concept of data, which of course is the lifeblood of any organization these days. You cannot protect what you cannot find. So our message is make sure you know where that data is and then you can start protecting it. Now that's a great way to close this. So on behalf of ECIA, I want to thank you today, Penny, and the yes. TrustBridge for the partnership we have with you. And we look forward to everything that we will possibly work on together in the future. I think it's a great relationship. Great. Thanks, Don, very much for inviting me. Thank you and have a wonderful uh, evening. Thank you. We will. Okay. <laughs> Take care.